Kamala. Hey, girl. Like, All that. Yeah. Hey, come here real quick. Hold my hand. Let's let's smile together. Like, and, and, and she and, probably cracked up. Bro, she was, bro. Like, that's how I approach everybody, man. That's dope. Man. You know. That's dope. And um, I told them about what we're doing, and I really, I really, I, I love that woman, man. Like, we don't necessarily have like a relationship, but I support her, and I believe that she is gonna be the first black woman president. You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. All right, and we're back. Welcome to another episode of the Keep the Money on the Four podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Lex Bibbs. Man, I'm here with Lil Bro. Yes, sir. Uh, he is my first non-JCSU graduate. But don't get worried because it all ties into the Keep the Money on the Four podcast. Welcome to the pod, my brother, Travis P. What's up? Jackson, man. What's going on, Let's Bills? Ain't nothing, Travis, man. What's up, man? Nothing much, man. Just had to get to you and then just had a great day. Um, yeah. Been working out. Just been... Uh, blessed, man. Blessed. Yeah, God you, working. Um, you definitely been uh, on your workout tip, man. It's COVID. I peeped that, bro. Yes, sir. And I want to ask you about that. Okay. Um, we could talk about it right now, man. Yes, like, sir. What, what, what sparked that, man? Just this whole mission to, you know what I'm saying, get in better shape or whatever. Like, how did it all come about? Um, because I know that even though a lot of the crazy stuff been happening during COVID, I feel like God set us down to get our attention. And I feel that um, my purpose is greater than myself. So if I'm going to be a vessel that God is using, I need to be pure. I need to be good. I need to to work out. And I was looking at people like Kevin Hart and other celebrities when it comes to like what they do. They are in shape, bro. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you can't... A lot of people focus on getting money but not pursuing purpose. You can't pursue purpose if you're not in shape internally and externally, bro. Right, right. Because they both correlate. Yeah, they your both mental correlate. Your physical. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I um, actually joined the gym today, man. Uh, just getting back comfortable. Uh, we canceled our membership to another gym, but I joined like a boxing type gym today, man. Yeah. And I just felt like, you know, this might sound crazy, man. I just felt like I needed to hit something just yes. to release that, you know what I mean? Just everything that's going on. Yeah. And like, you know, you, you kind of get frustrated some days. Like, dang, I miss my, not my old life, but I miss pre-COVID days where mm-hmm. I could be around more people and not having to worry about a mask and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I joined the little boxing gym today, man. So, you know. And then also, Big Bro, um, me working now is really like the way I talk to God. Cause when I'm when I'm working out, bro, it's so many deposits that come mm-hmm. into the, like when I'm running, it's just like I'm hearing nothing but him talking to me. Yeah, and it has really helped me for from um, throughout this phase, even to even to my community. Um, his name Big Ken. He from D.C. That's basically my trainer. Mm-hmm. We do hit workouts. It's seven of us that do it together. First World Park and just. Bro, when I'll I tell you, bro, burpee challenge, yeah, everything, big bro. So I'm gonna ask you a hard question when it comes to this fitness thing. Yes, um, sir. What kind of goals do you have, and what kind of timeline are you putting on those goals when it comes to like your fitness stuff? That's a good question, Bibs. I don't have no goals, bro. It's good. Like, <laughs> I just like working out. Right. I don't. I don't have a certain way that I want to look. I know, let me not say that. I want to look healthy. I want to. I drink water a lot more now, and I know I want to build muscle, mm-hmm. but I want to be able to move, if that made sense. For sure, for sure. I asked that question because I think a lot of people set unrealistic, <clears throat> excuse me, expectations. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I'm 37. Uh, doctor listed me 260, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like. Okay, she's like, all right, you could probably lose 10, 15 pounds. And it's like, I don't want to let the scale define my progress Mm -hmm. or not uh, define my progress because it's a feeling, right? And I want to turn it into a lifestyle. I want to look up a year from now and be like, oh, yeah, I got rid of those 15, 20 pounds. And I look look like I work out now. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So that's why I asked that question because so much of it is like, uh, you know, I got to get right for this wedding or homecoming is coming up or... CIAA or I want when I go on this trip and then right after that event you lose yourself now yeah. you back doing everything that you did to gain that weight or to lose track so that's why I asked and then a uh, last thing about it let's because 
health is rough, bro. It is. And what's funny, the scale will lie to you. But contrary to popular belief, I really haven't lost that much weight, bro. I you lose inches first. Yeah, I've been losing inches and building muscle. For sure. Yeah. You, you know, pause, you popping out that shirt. You know what I'm saying, it, bro? Unless that's a medium, man. Nah, you're supposed to be an extra large. large. What you doing, it's, bro? It's a large, dog. It's a large. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> we Look, let's, let's uh, rewind the tape a little bit, man. Yes, sir. Bro, who is Travis P. Jackson? Like, where did you come from in a sense of, like, you from Charlotte, right? Yeah. So take us through that. Like, who is Travis P. Jackson? I'm I'm one of the little brothers of Lex Bills, man. <laughs> um, no, nah, really, I am originally from Durham, North Carolina. Okay, Bull moved, City. Yeah, Bull City. And I moved here when I was 12. And majority of my family is here. And I come from a single-parent home. Uh, my father, he's been clean off of drugs and alcohol for almost 16 years. But when I was coming up, he was um, absent and he was like drug and alcohol abuser. And my mother raised me with the village that she had. Um, I am a brother that loves people. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody knows that. Everybody knows that I'm loud. Everybody knows that. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I just want to serve people. Yeah. My, If I do a brief synopsis of my story, my brother got killed in a drive-by shooting at the age of 16 or 17 before I was supposed to go to college. And at that time, I didn't know what I was going to do. So from there, that's when I got on this whole black excellence thing in terms of wanting to show people that they are greater than what they saw on TV mm -hmm. um, and letting black people know that they are amazing. Then went to A&T, you know, the greatest HBCU in the country, what, bro. What, okay. um, What's Aggie Pride, man? Aggie Pride. <laughs> what is that? Aggie Pride, it's actually an acronym, and it's a lifestyle, big bro. Okay, break so, it down for the audience, because, you know, there's a lot of Golden Bulls listening, man. And we, I know. Hey, Golden kinda, Bulls, I love y'all. It kind of our ears when we <laughs> all yell But no, seriously, man, we... I, I love it, though, man. But what is Aggie Pride? Aggie Pride is achieving great goals in everything, producing renowned individuals dedicated to excellence. So did they, did they ingrain that in y'all when y'all first got there? Like, yo, say the acronym. Yeah. <laughs> or you can't yeah. eat in the calf. No, it's, it's, like, it's a lifestyle, man. No, I'll show you. On, on, just on any HBCU campus. Every HBCU isn't for everyone, but there's an HBCU for everyone. No, nah, I ain't gonna lie. So, you know, I'm a college advisor over at West Mac, and... I had like a, a realization like two years ago when I took my students to uh, the Aggie Eagle Classic. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until that day I said, yo, I get what Aggie pride is now. It is a lifestyle. It is a culture. It is a conducive family environment. And every HBCU has it. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, man, like these A&T people go hard go for hard. this institution. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Take a step a little back. So timeline-wise, you graduate high school. You went to the G, right? You went to Garinger, right? No, I went to East Mac. You went to East Mac. My yeah. fault. Um, what year did you graduate? 2007. 2007. Mm -hmm. So did you always want to go to A&T? How did A&T get on your radar? A&T got on my radar because I went to see Drumline five times when it was in the theaters. And also, my my one of my role models and mentor that got me on the right path, uh, Kenny Lowes, which he passed away this year, rest in peace to him, he was the director for Right Moves for Youth, mm -hmm. right? And Right Moves for Youth was an organization that um, navigated young people the, in the right direction. Um, and he would take us to University Day, which was basically the day where high schools all over the country would come and just see the campus. And I, I saw the campus, plus I've seen some pom-poms, all right? I've seen some pom-poms, I've seen some cheerleaders, and they looked amazing. You mm -hmm, hear me? Mm -hmm. And it was like, I need to be here, and I had to make sure I was there, because it wasn't nothing like being in college, bro, Right. especially at a young age, but then also because it's even deeper. I just spoke about my father, so A&T gave me the opportunity to forgive my father for the past and also develop a real relationship with my father, because my father lived 10 minutes away from the school in Greensboro. Mm. So it was so much that went into me going A and T. For sure. Um, what was the experience like there, man? Because first of all, and I'm not trying to throw any shade, y'all got to be having a lot of fun there because I don't know one person that graduated from A and T on time. I did. 
You graduated on time? Four years, big bro. Bro, I promise you, you're the first person I've ever <laughs> There's no shade to my fellow Aggies that I know that may be listening, bro. But what was your experience like there, man? Um, My experience, and, and I lie to you not, bro. I'm about to break it all down. I, When I was in high school, my senior year, people knew that I wanted to go to A&T. I was in gym class, right? And somebody came and said, Travis, A&T is in the, ca- in the lobby of the cafeteria at East Met. And I had some dress clothes or whatever. I left that class. I told the gym teacher, I said, hey, I got to go. I wouldn't change my clothes. And you know you know how bold I am sometimes. Like, I just say whatever comes to my mind. What'd you say? I said, I'm coming to a and I'm going to kick the doors down. I'm going to leave a, le- a-, a legend. And I'm going to come and become the freshman class president. I went to a and I knocked on every single door, big bro. Every administrator door. I did dorm storms by myself and knocked on every student's door and just introduced myself to everybody. And I, you remember when Flavor Flav used to wear them clocks or whatever? Mm-hmm. So when I was campaigning for freshman class president, I, I've never been that uh, traditional suit wearing, like, let me be uptight type of candidate for anything. I was just doing my thing. I took a big yellow circle, big bro, and put my my flyer on it, and it was like a a, a flavor flavor chain, and I would just talk to because that every... flavor of love was in during those yep. days, right? That's oh seven oh eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I did that whole thing, um, and I, I became freshman class president. So then being able to represent these students at A and T, being in the parades, being in the, in the in the meetings with the chancellors and just doing what I was doing, and the biggest thing that I did, mind you, one thing I want people to know is your freshman year can really be the foundation for the rest of your four years. Mm-hmm. Because the way that you navigate your freshman year, that's like your door opener, right? right? And I um, initiated this book drive for Ghana, Africa, because one of my professors um, named Dr. Aja Botan, he was the prince of Ghana. Africa. Your professor was a prince of Ghana. Yeah, big bro. Did he have his own money? Yeah. Everything, dog. Like oh, his... you, that's the coming to America reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, but bad. he really did. Like... Book, book drive. Book drive. My fault. <laughs> and then, um, and then his mother was the superintendent of Ghana as well in terms of like education. Yeah. So, you know, in Ghana, you know, in just Africa alone, let's just talk about Ghana. Um, they sometimes can let literary resources, right, for the street children that's out there. So he came to me as freshman class president, and you asked about my experience, so I'm about to give you my experience. Um, he came to me, he said he wanted to do, you know, sometimes your, your professors would do stuff for extra credit, just to get grades. And I was sleeping one day, uh, Bibbs, and I said, I'm about to go to Africa. And I created this book drive, collected over 5,000 books, mm-hmm from the students on campus, from the libraries in the city, to just, it was like a citywide thing. I did this as a freshman. And did a presentation with my executive board for all of us was freshmen. All, all of us were freshmen. And our chancellor, Stanley F. Battle, paid for every ticket. He paid for every passport. He paid for everything. Okay. For us to go over there for 14 days. And that changed my life. Like, imagine, you know when they're making those hand-woven bracelets mm-hmm. or whatever? They, it, was a, it was a kid named David. And David, he, I gave him a dollar. I forgot about it. And then I went to the Kwame Nkrumah Center, right? And everything I'm telling you is going to equate to why I created HBC Pride Nation. Um, the Kwame Nkrumah Center, which he was the first Ghanaian president. And he was an HBCU grad at Lincoln University of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. 1854, they granted the first degrees to African-Americans. So their center was about 10 miles from us. We was in the center for three um, hours. We get to the bus. Little David is at the bus. Not little David. Little David was at the He walked where we were. I don't know how he knew where he was, and it just broke me down, bro. Hmm. Um, so then from there, went back to campus. Sophomore year, I was still doing my thing. I ran for Mr. Aggie. And I was still Travis, right? Then that spring of sophomore year, 
ran for VPEA, Vice President of External Affairs, basically the person that was over homecoming mm -hmm. before it was coined Jiho, right? It was always the greatest homecoming on earth, but Kristen Robinson, he coined Jiho. And that year was, I legit had the biggest lineup ever in ANC history. What'd you have, bro? Before it all dismantled in my face. I had Beer Belly Gucci. Beer Belly Gucci, okay. Beer Belly Gucci, when he first came out. OJ the Juice Man. Waka Flocka. Nicki Minaj, when she first came out. Drake was supposed to be there until Drake's ankle got broke. You remember that? When he got injured? Uh, th this is... Oh, it's oh, like eight, 2010. Oh, oh, okay, 2009. Yeah, yeah, I do remember now. Yeah. Because he had to stop all his... Uh, Everything. Yep. I had him. We had Kerry Hilson, Trey Songz, Mario... Fabulous, GS Boys, and FLY, Swag Bro, you got a great memory. Like, Trey Songs too. You said that. Uh, yeah. So what happened? So what occurred, bro, which is a great part of my story, and I'm still healing from it, um, years later, right? My president went on national TV and said that Gucci Man was a thug, was gang related, all that. And it brought so much, that was the time where media takeout was hot, mm -hmm. where world star hip hop, like yeah, everything. Yeah, those days. And it became a mainstream thing, right? And our ch Chancellor Martin cut our name off of, off of the concert, right? And I had sold over 5,000 tickets in three weeks. Is this when they were still having it at the Coliseum or this was gonna yep. be on campus? And it was at the Coliseum. Okay. And that put me in a very deep depression. Mm. Right? I became... And you know me, Bills. Like, when you ask me a question, I always give you the realest answer ever, bro. Yeah, but, you know, we got an audience, so, you know, uh, be as transparent as you feel comfortable. Oh, okay. With. Okay. Um, yeah. And from there, I, I would start drinking a lot. Yeah. Right? Like, alcohol. And then I became a national trending topic, which was called Travis Wasted. Because I served people so much that it really messed me up that all of that went that way. Mm -hmm. Because at A&T, all I wanted to do was help, help people. Yeah. Right? And I ended up drinking with an organization on campus. I said that. And um, <laughs> it was like a big cup of Henny. And I passed out at a club. And my throw up and everything. And this that is during homecoming. This is during the spring semester okay. of my junior year. And that was life changing for me as well. Because I was I was about to, I was doing that. That circulated across the country. And then I and then after that, I wanted to become the SGA president. Right? But that was the that was also a time where we had just had our first Mr. ANC. Mm -hmm. So I applied for SGA president, then Mr. A&T, SGA president, Mr. A&T, SGA president, and I got disqualified, right? The whole time, I'm just doing PR stuff, radio station, leadership, everything, right? And the day I got disqualified, Bibbs, was the day that I got qualified to run HBCU Pride Nation because I had to realize that God had something greater for me. What I was comfortable in, he shut down mm -hmm. and prepared me through all the crazy stuff I've been through to run my own organization. And then I... So that's when HBCU Pride Nation was birthed? Yeah. Uh, out of dysfunction? Yeah. Wow. That's a story, man. Um, so, again, I like to paint the picture just so I'm following. So when you talk about media takeout, you're talking about World Star. Those are like blog days to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like before really... I mean, social media existed, but it, it's not what, what it is big. now. Like, people were barely on Instagram. Like, you know, I don't even think Instagram was out nope. when you were in school. It, it was, was really Facebook. just Facebook, right? Yeah. Okay, so early days of HBCU Pride Nation. Like, talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was the goal then to what it is now? Like, because you, you built something, and I tell you this all the time, bro. Like, and that's one of the later questions, but you built something huge. And that's why I wanted to bring you on, because it's like, this podcast is highlighting folks from, you know, the forward, meaning my people from Johnson C. Smith, 
but we're just one HBCU. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. you got a platform that's spotlighting and highlighting and showcasing all HBCUs. Mm-hmm. So take us back through early HBCU Pride Nation days and okay. you know what was the goal? What were you doing and what were some of your signature things that you were doing? Um, so one of our signature so early HBCU Pride Nation, um, but I was an orientation student leader. All I, what I was doing was I would go to the computer and it also was inspired by this organization called the National Black College Alumni Hall of Fame in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Georgia. And they asked the question, are HBCUs still relevant in today's society? And to me, that's like, are, are you asking our black people relevant in today's society? And I just wanted to, other than being vocal about it, I wanted, you know, that was the time where Instagram was a baby or whatever, and people was getting like off of still photos, right? And now we know Instagram is stories, it's videos, it's all of that. But but, uh, Instagram was just like still pics. Mm -hmm. And I just took Twitter and Instagram and just started shouting out all the HBCUs. I started putting out so much history about the HBCUs. Mm -hmm. We had this thing called Tweet Wars, which we would do once a month. And on Twitter, we would just let people shout out their schools, wear their memorabilia, um, just put post their degrees and just retweet, 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 and retweet. And then on um we had uh the the tweet and greet also. And that was the time because John C. Smith has something to do with the success of HBCU Pride Nation too, because Erica Hilton, mm-hmm. um when she that's Shout out to Erica Hilton, She became bro. a doctor. Yes, bro. Man, Erica, shout out man. Shout to her, man. Yeah, she was uh, one of our former work-study students when I worked in the admissions office. Yes, sir. Yeah, shout um, out to Erica Hilton. What'd she do for y'all? And it was, and it was a Shakira Randolph, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I know my, my JCSU days, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had we had one of the first tweeting groups in, in the, in the uh, basement with, with where Burger King and everything is. Mm-hmm. And that was very successful. And then we had it in the Kilgore Center of Morehouse College, right? And then we was also creating content for like the Atlanta Football Classic of the HBCUs. And then what really jumped us off was I created an uh, online campaign called Operation HBCU yep. 103. And I took 103 straight days and highlight every HBCU and ended up with 30,000 followers. On Twitter? On Instagram. On Instagram. And it was coming... Through Twitter as well. Okay. So right now, I don't know why, but like I I know why, but I don't know why, right? So we're suspended off of Twitter right now mm. because they said we posted something about Black Lives Matter. And we had 38,000. Then on Instagram, we have 146,000. Mm-hmm. Facebook, we have 65,000. LinkedIn, we got around 10,000. So you're talking big boy numbers right here. You're talking followers and all this stuff like... Yeah, big bro. How, I mean, I heard it through the wars and through the people at Morehouse, people at Smith, the tweet thing, but like, how did you grow that following base so organically like that over time? I, I think I know the answer. It's part of it's content and consistent content, but like, is was there a strategy behind growing your following base? Because that's not a small number, bro. Um, be honest with you, man. I think it, and this not be me being arrogant or cocky at all. But I think it's the power of connection that I have with people. I think because as I was building it, I was also building relationships with students at all the HBCUs. And I was on I was I was doing so many sacrifices, sleeping on the side of the highway sometime to get to like the NASAP conference, which is the student leadership conference, the biggest student leadership conference for HBCUs. And one one time I ain't had no money, Bill, and I had I slept outside in the heat, and it was like Savannah State University. But that night that I walked in there, those students saw me, and they came out of the classes they that they were in, and just loved on me. And then also because like I have every day I wake up with HBC Pride Nation on my mind, yeah. and I haven't stopped almost ten years. And I think because of the fact that people see that I'm authentic with what I'm doing, that I'm genuine about what I'm doing, 
the relationships that I've built, the impact that my brand has had on, on them, as well as like helping to cultivate leaders, helping to tell stories, and just understanding. Now I got to go into my social media hat. Sometimes you really got to understand who you serve and, who you're fo- and who's following you and understand how to speak their language, mm-hmm. right? So case in point, Bibs, we had, I don't know if you've seen the TikTok where it's this girl and she's acting out so many different aspects of the band, like trumpets, cymbals, all of that. That gave us, just us posting that bit, bro, it gave us almost 150,000 organic views, reached about 200-something thousand people, and all we did was post it. You feel what I'm saying? And that's not even y'all original content. That's her stuff. That's her stuff. Right. But we we didn't do any paid advertising. But because of the fact that we understand how to communicate to our audience. Right. And it was it was reposted fourteen hundred times. So you bring up you bring up a um a question that I have, and we're gonna just get to it, man. Okay. Like I don't know where it started, but like HBCU culture has 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 been in the mainstream for the last couple of years. Uh present presently, you know, obviously we see a lot of what Chris Paul is doing. Um uh, I don't know if it was the, the the Coachella Beyonce thing, but I just felt like out of nowhere, right, everybody cares about HBCUs. And it's not a bad thing, but can you pinpoint a moment in these last year, two, three years, and just like, yo, I think it's because of this, or I think it's because of that, you know what I mean? Um, well, before that, I think that people started caring about HBCUs back in 2010, bit by bit, right? But then even before that, then you had a different world come out in the Cosby show, mm-hmm. right? I think that was a real pivotal point. And then with the 90s sitcoms, the way that they used to represent HBCUs with yep. just product placement to represent that. For sure. Um, you had you had a lot of shows like Fresh Prince, Martin, yep. Martin Always Rocking, College you know Hill, I mean? all that. All that, bro. Yeah. Then you had the BET Black College Tour, right? Then you had where us as platforms such as HBCU Pride Nation, HBCU Buzz, um, Yard Talk One On One, HBCU Wall Street. It's it's like over two hundred. It's about two hundred HBCU pages now, mm-hmm. right? And you're the we, best one though, right? You already know, bitch. Come on, man, pop your pioneer, stuff, man. pioneer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And 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 that became something, right? But then I think the 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 love of we we got to give credit to. Swag surfers as well, because that became an anthem for HBCUs, mm-hmm. and it was when it was. It you, was you, you got it, but you got to bring it back though. You can't just play it oh, once. Okay. You got it. All right, y'all ain't doing it right. Yeah, bring it back. You got to rewind. Left, it right, left, all right, that, all that. And 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 it became a viral thing, bro. Mm-hmm. To 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 like, it used to be a competition who could do it the best. Right, right. So us seeing all of that, right, and then you got um, then then you have. Before I let go, then you have all these Greeks and everything like that. Social media did a real big number on the presence of HBCUs yeah. in today's society. So that's what I was really speaking about. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely hip to like a different world, college, all that stuff. But I'm talking about in these last three to five years. Oh, three, I just five feel years. like I definitely. just feel like it became a lot more mainstream. I mean, obviously, you know, like pop culture popularizes something. Like I always feel like people buy into... A person, right? So Chris Paul, right? He's he's pumping all these HBCUs, yeah, and I love it. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to him. I sent him a package yeah. for JCSU stuff and some of my stuff. You know what I mean? But it's like if somebody sees you rocking it, then they buy into you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm saying. Can you pinpoint? Like I said, it was it was it was it Beyonce at the Coachella performance, paying homage to the HBCU bands. Like, what do you think it was in the last three to five? That's just like, yo, everybody is. Wants to be a part of this culture now. I do think I do think uh, Beyonce did something very very major. I do believe that that had a lot to do with it um, because she basically brought HBCU to white people. She did right, and they didn't know what the hell was going on. And then just as you're talking about Chris Paul as well. Like every day, Chris wore another HBCU in the bubble. That, mm-hmm. Yep, in the bubble, and now he's enrolled in Winston State University. Correct. Shout out to him. Um, but then, 
I also I also think that Deion Sanders going to Jackson State mm-hmm. is kind of what we're on right now. It's been so many different things, bro. Yeah. Within these past couple of, within these past couple of years. Yeah. And now the you know the the the. the and what's shift. funny, my baby, bro? You go ahead. What's funny, even though it's negative, but the thing that happened at Howard when the when the young man stole all that money. Uh, the, the person uh, in the financial aid or whatever, that was a whole nother thing. Even though it brought some negative attention, yeah, it brought attention as well. Okay, I can see that. Um, and you know, obviously, uh, and again, not trying to jump around too much, but rest in peace, uh, Chadwick Bozeman, an HU yeah. grad, yeah. Um, Senator Harris, H.U. grad. Yep, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like stuff like that. You got a picture with her, man. I'm, yes, sir. I got that on my notes to ask you about that. We're going to come back to that. Yes, sir. In that debate last night. but um, She ate him up. She did. She did. She came for him. She had time as the, as the women on social, social media. She was say. speaking. She was speaking. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. I'm speaking. <laughs> um, But yeah, I just, you know, I, I just, I'm a nerd at stuff like that because I like to try to like pinpoint like, yo, because you see the progression. Mm-hmm. Um. What do you think about these celebrities, these corporations donating to the same three to five schools? Um, that's been a pop, very popular question, and because that's something that we talk about in one of my group chats. It's like, yeah, that's dope. That's such and such wife, or that's dope. That's such and such company. But it's like, it's more schools than Morehouse, Spelman, A and T. You know what I mean? What about the 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 Alcorns, or what about the Stillmans, or what about you know what I mean? The Livingstones. You just had to throw us in there, didn't you? I'm just saying because it's like, you know, but kudos to Morehouse for doing a good job pushing their school. Kudos to A&T for having Aggie Pride because a lot of it has to do with an ambassador, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Morehouse, you got the Spike Lees, you know what I'm saying? You got the MLKs and you just have all these names attached to it. My man, that's a, a film director from FAMU. You will know Packer. I mean? Yeah, people like that. So... It's easy to know about them because you see them at these award shows or you see them in their following, but it's like it's other HBCUs, bro. I'm tired of seeing the same five so, schools benefit from this. So this is what I've been saying lately. I think it's also it also has a lot to do with branding of the universities, right? Prestigiously, we know about those few schools that you said, mm-hmm. right? However, when you want to be honest about it, some of the smaller schools have way more history than the bigger schools. Come on, man. John C. Smith, right? the first ever play uh, co- black college football. Exactly. Man, and we Livingstone won, man. And John C. Smith. And we won, you know man. And we won, bro. We but, got them out of there. But there are, just as we want people to know about us, we have to be able to put ourselves out there. And I think, I told this to the president of, of Wiley College, Herm, Dr. Herman Felton. I said, us as social media um, platforms, sometimes we have a greater grasp on HBCUs than some HBCUs have on themselves in terms of how we st- in terms of how we tell the story, mm-hmm. right? I think that there are some people in, and I, I'm used to being in trouble for things that I say, but um, I think there are some some instances where you have some people representing the university from a marketing and a communication standpoint that don't really know how to put the school out, nor nor really understand how to develop the relationships that are needed when it comes to these celebrities. So I think it's a, a matter of storytelling. I think it's a matter of are we really going out for the people that we need to go out for? Um, and then that's also another reason why HBCU Pride Nation exists because people need to know about these HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be honest, I understand the frustration of everybody else. Like, even Morgan State University had the first black HBCU lacrosse team, right? And it's the home of black enterprise and stuff like that. Everybody deserves a piece of the pie. Right. Right? But then when you're speaking about money, you're also speaking about politics as well. Because we know that some of those people that's putting money into these schools, they are real big stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Of those universities, meaning that they have something to say, yeah, all the time. No, I thought it was dope that um, you know when All Star Weekend was here, like Jordan Brand, they basically had this 
these big basketball games in our gym in Bray Boy. And they redid the gym. They, they gave us this crazy scoreboard. They helped redo the locker rooms and stuff like that. A uh, little beef with Steph, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, that's great that he helped bring Howard's golf program back, man. But, you you know, you grew up right here in Charlotte. Right. But what I will say is this. That's his time, talent, and treasure. He could put it wherever he wants um, as far as back into the community. But it's like, dag, like you, like, come on, Steph, like, and we could, could mm-hmm. use you and your resources. And I feel like Under Armour is a new sponsor to CIAA now. So it's like, bro, like, come on, man. But maybe it's in the works and maybe we'll put it out there on this podcast. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, I feel like each celebrity, man, should, like, attach themselves to to an HBCU and, and, and rock out. But, again, they can put their money and their time and their energy wherever they want. Yeah. Um, and but It's funny that you say that last part that you just said, bro. Because last year... I did a post um, on LinkedIn. It got seen like 10 million times. And people, it was like a lot of back and forth. And what you specifically said is what people were specifically saying as well. Because I said, if Nas, Jay-Z, Nas, Jay-Z, and it was one more person. Oh, my God. Nas, Jay-Z, and Diddy. Diddy, yeah. Diddy. I said, and it was around the time, but it was like, save Bennett. When Bennett was going through oh, yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and I put up, if these three individuals collectively could donate 1% of their overall worth, HBCUs would be taken care of. 1%, big bro. Yeah. And it went viral. And people was like, I get what you're saying, but you can't tell people what to yeah. do with their money, this, that, and the third. So that that's that's kind of the all the the end all be all, and that ends every argument in our group chat. It's like, yo, like we can have all of our thoughts, our, our uh, opinions, if you will, about where these people should put it, but it's their bread. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And we don't know, like, not saying that Steph has a bad relationship with our institution, but we don't know what happened back in the day. And, and you know what I'm saying? But clearly, like you said, it's about. Branding your school, kudos to that young man. I don't know his name. I read the story on social media, but he approached Steph. It wasn't Howard. He com- he was compelling enough to Steph Curry and say, look, I'm a fan of yours. Hey, I go to Howard. You know what I'm saying? We could use some support. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, we just need to get in these rooms. We just need to get in these in these, in these these buildings and, 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 and have an elevator pitch ready and say, hey, I'm little school over here, man. We just need a little bit. You know what I mean? Shout out to the Panthers owner. He donated some money to Smith, man. But it's like, yo, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record. I'm just tired of seeing the same five to ten schools get the, get the million dollars, get the five million dollars. It's like, bro, it's a lot of little, you know what I'm saying, low-hanging fruit. And I'm not calling my institution low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. But y'all keep going to the, to, the, to the big wigs. Like, what about the little small schools that could really use that? Because a lot of these schools are in jeopardy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Financially and 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 you know, it's up to us to give back to our own school, of course. And I give back and, and many others do as well. But it's like, man, we just want a little love too. You know, yeah. I, mean? I guess that's what I'm really saying. You know, I'll tell mean? you something else I'm tired of be honest with you in Charlotte alone. Go ahead. Like I get tired of seeing UNCC everywhere. And I mainly see John C. Smith in Walmart or guess. Like you say, it's branding, man. It's branding. You know what I'm saying? It, it could be deeper stuff, but it's it's branding, it's marketing. You know, hopefully with our new president, man, he he um he he puts us in a better position. You know, um I don't really talk about my brand a lot, especially on this, but it's like that's part of the reason why I started uh my Smith merch brand. Because I just wanted something different than what they were selling in the bookstore. Because to and me salute to you for all the success, bro. Thank you. Like man. I've always loved just what you do. And it's so dope that you just focus on that you've been able to focus on your school specifically and just cater to that. Like I always admired that, bro. I love it, man. But again, like you talk about branding, like like I wasn't thinking branding my school when I first started in 2014. I just saw a niche and I was like, I don't like the stuff they sell in the bookstore. Let, let me try something. Yeah. Okay, they rocking with it. Okay, I ain't got no more of those. Let me flip a color. Oh, they like that too? Man, we got something here. You know what I'm saying? And it is what it is now. But again, just branding. You know what I mean? And, and when I hear feedback like you or other people in the community, thank you, by the way. It's like, man, you do a great job branding your school. And it's like, I say thank you back. 
But it's like, that really wasn't the goal when I first started. You know, mm -hmm. the goal was just to, like, come up with some cool merch, man. Yeah, man. But back to you, man. Uh, and speaking of colleges, talk to me about the Hillman College experience, man, under HBCU Pride Nation. Um, <clears throat> I need to get you to speak there one day. Come on, man. And uh, set up your table. I'm going to do you like you did me, man. <coughs> Here's my assistant's email address, man. <laughs> Boy, Lance. No. Nah, and I ain't never told him that before. Little Lance, I, I reached out to him. I said, yo, I need, I'm trying to get you on the pie. He's like, yeah, that's cool, big bro. Just um, contact my, uh, my uh, assistant. I said, oh. He major, major. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, I'll be happy to speak or whatever, man. But um, what is the uh, so the human experience, experience, man? Bitch, we made. Tr <clears throat> mm, get my throat together. All right, so the human experience, bitch, we may be um, turning into the HBC Pride experience, just to keep it um, on brand, whatever. On brand is yeah. uh, was is or has been our way of converting urban high schools into Hillman College. We did it at Butler. We did it at um, West Charlotte High School. And we literally just turned the school into Hillman College, man. Had posters of Dwayne Whitley, that whole cast, and just Hillman College. And we have a um, a, a pet rally where we give love to the, to the students at the school. They could bring the band, bring the athletes, cheerleaders, all that, just to give that love first and foremost. Then we we have a we have a, uh, a a raw alumni panel discussion, and what I mean raw is like I don't want no sugarcoat. I don't want, like I want you to tell these students the truth. Yeah. Period. Even if you think it might turn them away, they need to know the real about HBCUs. They need to know that at orientation, that's when the food is the best in the cafeteria. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I used to tell people like, yo. Uh, um, when I worked at Smith, I'd be like, man, y'all got me out here selling Disney World, but when they come here, they get carowinds. Right, yeah, you know <laughs> like I mean? for real. Seriously, though, but go ahead, man. Um, and then we have we have a HBCU restricted college fair, which um, about 50 HBCUs come out and, um, and, and enroll students on the spot. Yep. And the first, time I, the first time we did it, I cried, bro, because we did it on Beatty's floor. We did it at West Charlotte High School, mm -hmm. and... I know some of those students, because they came from all over Charlotte, and in two years, we haven't done it in a while, but in two years, we had like 3,000 students come. Yeah. I want to get involved in that, man. Not only to speak, but just, you know what I'm saying, from my platform, you know what I'm saying, in whatever course. way, you know, I, because, you know, again, I'm a college advisor, you know, full-time, yeah. um, but, you know, that is so important. I'm always a, a proponent, like, somebody did this for me. Mm -hmm. So I owe it to whoever wants to hear me, like, yo, go here, go there. Let me expose you. Mm -hmm. So I want to get involved with that, man. Um, so the first one was at West Charlotte, and then yeah. the second one was at Butler? Yeah. Okay. Um, and shout out to Miss to, to Miss Gamble. And yeah, Portland man, Anderson. she used to work at the Dub. That's how yeah. I know her. Shout out to Satterfield over there, yep. AD, yeah. Um, and, and the first time I cried, bro, because, like, I knew that some of those students that was there... They woke up and they didn't know what direction they was going in life, and they and when they came to this fair, they got enrolled in to a HBCU, mm -hmm. and just this event changed their lives, bro. Yeah, yeah. And um, we we got some digital stuff that's about to come to to happen, um, probably in February. But I want I want the HBCU Pride experience to also known as the Hillman experience. To really become like the national homecoming for black colleges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, I mean, put it out there, man. I mean, again, just going back to what you was talking about earlier and how everything started, man, like, you know, you gotta put those goals and manifest those goals out there, man, and it's gonna definitely come uh, alive. Um, one thing I see you talk a lot about on your social media is collaboration amongst creatives. Let's talk about that, man. Um, you you are a proponent of collaboration. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I we had this conversation before, and I'm like, bro, like, hey, man, let's make two plus two, 22 instead of four. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you doing, like I said, I want to be a part of the Hillman experience. I mean, that's your thing, but it's like, how can I come and make it bigger or come and make it different or whatever? But speak about collaboration and what you be posting about, man. Um, So collaboration, man, there's... Too many people re recreate. Well, how you? What is it? Recreating the wheel or how 
how Say you how you feel, brother. Say how they taught you at A&T. Okay. <laughs> Yo, you're stupid. It's, it's too many people trying to reinvent the wheel. There you go. Okay. There you go. See? I had to help you out. I had to, I had to write it down for them. Yeah. Just recreate, y'all. No, Re, trying to reinvent the wheel. And, yeah, man. Um, in, our, in our city alone, there's so many different pockets of people that's doing the same thing, mm-hmm. right? And I think that it's also great to collaborate with one another. If we take it to an HBCU uh, perspective, once you enroll in one HBCU, you are part of a whole HBCU yeah. family, yeah. right? That's collaboration in itself. Um, if you go to Atlanta and you see five of the same thing, all five of those things are being supported, right? And But when it comes to Charlotte, if you see five of the same thing, somebody not going to eat that day. And I think sometimes we, as the African-American community, we like to have the shine, shine, but sometimes we don't like to let the light be on other people. Right? I think that um, for me, sometimes I have, it's a gift and a curse, but I literally try to make sure that people are seeing um, that people are aware of what they're doing, Mm -hmm. sometimes more than myself, right? Um, And I also feel that everybody, when you look at Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street from Tulsa back in the, like, I think like 1940s, around that era or whatever, um, that was collaboration in itself as well. But that was destroyed because a white woman said that a black man had raped her or did something on the elevator. But we as black people have always been able to have always been able to collaborate, being able to create something out of nothing. Yeah. And I think the best way to for us to prevail is for us to work together. Yeah. I like it. I like it, man. Um and a space where I see a lot of black people working together, coming together and creating together is Camp Norfan. Yeah. What you think about that space, man? I love I love Camp Northend. That Spe- joint is dope. Specifically, my sister Davida Galloway. Oh, uh, is that Dublin Swat? Dublin Swat. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that one, man. I love um, even the Hugh House, mm-hmm. even though I haven't really been able to experience anything at the Hugh House yet. But Camp Northend is amazing, man. Um, and then a new one is Studio Two Two Nine at Brevard, which is headed by. Monique, Monique, and Kevin Douglas. Is right? that the trap house joint? Yeah. Okay, talk about that, man. So, in Charlotte, I'm con- just in Charlotte. I'm connected to so many people that's dope and creative, such as yourself and many other people, like <clears throat> like Ohavia Phillips, like um, Curtis Walls to Brad Jackson to Rhonda Evans, Ebony Funderburg, so many of my people, Johnny Jones. We're all creative, and we need a space, not a WeWork, not an Amelie's, not something that's ran by them. We need something that's ran by us, Mm -hmm. for us, by us. And what's going on at the Creative Trap House is Kevin Douglas, who is a prominent um, figure here in the city, from photography to visual arts to so many different things, and Monique Douglas, who is... Um, prominent in the communications field as well and very influential as a woman in our city, they're giving us the opportunity to, at at Studio 229, it's usually 150 to work there and shoot there for an hour, right? So they're giving me and my people, the studio, and access access to everything for five hours for $50, bro, Mm. to shoot anything. Got an infinity wall, 5,000 square feet of space to shoot any type of content. You can, you can move the, you can move, arrange the room however you need to. You can do pictures, you can do videos. They have a podcast studio that's about to um, be developed in like six months. They mm-hmm. got a, like everything. They have uh, co-working spaces and it's black. Yeah. And it's called the... the cre- I called it the Creative Trap House. The Creative Trap House. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to 
rent doesn't space out? Do they go through you? Are you helping them? Now, when it comes to renting, and it's not a part of the Creative Trap House, um, they would go to Monique. Okay. Monique Douglas. And they can reach out to me as well. Yeah. But I would give them, get them to Monique Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple more questions, man. Um, you got some merch, man. Yeah, man. You got into the merch, man. Like, you know, one thing I uh, I admire about you, man, uh, you be everywhere, brother. Yeah, man. I done seen you at CIAA. Uh, what was that CIAA? You was at the convention center. Yep. And I asked you about it because I was thinking about it. And I was like, bro, you think that joint worth it? You was like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I've obviously seen you pull up uh, at JCSU homecoming doing your thing. Um, you know, I didn't go to my homecoming to go to your homecoming, bro. I remember. I remember we had a we had a, a real in depth conversation that I probably won't share now, but I remember you talking about that, man. But and that but that was my first time being the vendor at my own because I was I was right across from you too. Yeah, it was dope, man. It was so dope, and you know we won't get a chance to obviously have a real homecoming this year amongst all HBCUs. But man, how you feel about it? Honestly, I'm okay with it now. Yeah. I'm okay with it now because as a creative, as a host, as a whatever I do, it gives me more time to make whatever I was about to do bigger. 2021 about to be a fool. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Like, knock their head off. Pause. You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, bro, doing the dash. Like, I'm putting my foot down. But you know what I love, though, uh, Bibbs? I love that in this season, we're understanding how to run our companies virtually and being in person. You talk about that, too, on your social. Like, yo, like, uh, I forgot how you word it, but, like, internet space and virtual space yeah. is so important right now. It is, man. Yeah. And, and beyond, that's how HBC Pride Nation was built, bro. Being being, being who I am mm-hmm. on, on the internet and in person, along with just energy. People, I would, you already know this, right? But people invest in the person before they invest in the product, right? Mm-hmm. And what I know firsthand, you can have like the best product in the world, but if you a shitty person, my bad. If you if you a, a shitty person, bro, people not gonna do stuff with you. Right. But if you have a product that's almost there and you give people the best customer service and you impact their lives, they deal with you all the time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people, you know. And- I, I benefit from a lot of that, man. And um, people just tell me, like, bro, like, I rock with you. So no matter what you're doing, bro, I'm going to always support you. And it's yeah. like, you say thank you and you say, you know what I'm saying, I appreciate it. But, like, until you process that, that speaks to your character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the merch, man. Which, what's so what's new merch, with the merch? Man, we got, we. I, I'm doing a rebranding and everything. So right now I got this camo sweatsuit. Um, last year we did a, uh, no, two years ago. We did a picture that looked like Hillman College. Yeah, man, y'all, y'all, came, y'all came up on Biddle Hall, man. Yeah, Biddle you didn't Hall. get your permission slip signed, man. Come I, I, on, man. I, I didn't. Uh, you just went up in Biddle, man. You know you're what supposed I'm to make some phone calls. Hey, I, I, I had to do what I had to do. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I love y'all, John C. Smith. You're a disruptor. Yeah, always have been. Nah, but go um, ahead, man. Y'all, but, did the, y'all definitely did the photo shoot on the steps, though. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. Um, And we, my, my goal for our merch right now is. I want to produce a sweatsuit for every HBCU in the country. Um, because if you look at the quality of this stuff, man, it is... That's embroidered? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It is amazing, bro. And I feel that we need for, like, HBCUs, we need something that could be up there with, like, Gucci and all these, quote-unquote, luxury brands. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? Like, I probably, COVID helped me, and this is going to sound real crazy to you and to whoever's listening, I appreciate my merch more now. And COVID helped me appreciate that because, you know, like you, you, it's, it's just weird. Like you grew up like wearing like Georgetown gear or Duke mm-hmm. gear or all these other schools. And it's like, bro, like I'm ready to throw all this stuff away and just rock straight my stuff. Yeah. You know what too. I'm saying? And just continue to, not even to promote it, but like, oh, I'm, it's all about Johnson C. Smith. Everywhere I go, I got to have my school on. Bro, all this is stuff I wear, bro. That's it. Yeah, that's what I wear. So what? What uh, you got some pieces here, yeah. and obviously they can't see it because they're listening, but like you got T-shirts on your, your site, you I got, got hats. T-shirts, what? hats. We have, and, and, and this these are, this this the merch that we produce 
it's for people to express their love for their schools. Mm-hmm. Right? That's so, where the pride comes in. That's at. where the pride comes in. Similar and, to Aggie pride. Aggie pride. I see what you did there. You know, Golden Bull pride. Hey, you come know, on, Brown man. pride, come Eagle on, pride. I see what you did there. Prides. Um, but you'll always see this bar of pride on everything that we create, unless it's the Africa shirt that we have, where we yeah. took all the HBCU names and put them in the shape of Africa, um, or our our circle logo. Do you have any of those shirts? Yeah, my all the HBCUs. Yeah. How much home? are they? They thirty dollars. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. What big bro? If they listening, if they listening, uh-huh. I'm gonna buy one of those. Okay. For whoever's listening. Okay. The first person that DMs me, HBCU Pride Nation, they're going to get one of them shirts. Okay. That's what we're going to do. Let's if you're do listening it. to the podcast right now and you want the shirt, it's Africa, yep. but it's all the HBCUs all the in it, HBCUs. that's going to come from us. Okay. And to keep the money on the floor podcast. So we, we're going to recycle the black love, dollar. See, you interviewing me, but I'm going to interview you eventually. Because, bro, when I tell you I was so proud of you when you did this keep the money on the floor thing... Because, bro, little do people know, Betty Sport used to be like the black Wall Street of Charlotte, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, from the grocery stores to the banks to everything. Like, Betty Sport was the black excellence in, like, the black mecca of this city. Mm-hmm. And it's so much with Betty Sport that people just don't know. And you've always created pieces that was about stories yeah. to, to teach people, bro. So, like, when I seen it, I said, oh, yes, bro. I appreciate that, man. I mean, the 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 podcast came about from uh, producer Lance over here. Shout out to Lance, man. The Power yeah, Podcast. Shout out to Lance, man. Power Podcast Network, man. He did his thing, but you know, he shout out to him and his vision and his team, huh? He might be my producer one day. Oh yeah, I heard. I heard y'all got some stuff in the works, yeah. man. You know what I mean? But yeah. listen, look, it's dope because you know what I mean. If I was the 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 bridge for y'all to meet. That's all that mattered. You know what I'm saying? It was a divine appointment. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, hey, more podcasts on the network, the better, yeah. for real, because yeah, this better. is a talented dude, man. But, um, yeah, so whoever is the first person to DM me, HBCU Pride Nation, when you hear this, I would just start typing DM me right now. You can do two things at once. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pay for your shirt. I'm only doing one. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because I know my wife listening. She's like, you just out there spending our money. Um, sorry, baby. Just one shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna do one, man, because again, we gotta recycle the black dollar, man. And yeah, and um as we close, like, what do you think we need to do a better job as black people to support each other? And support doesn't always mean transactional. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It could be a post, it could be a share or whatever. Like, what are your thoughts on that? This morning I was pissed off, big bro, because um and this answers your question. I don't like black elite, elitism. It really grinds my ears a lot. Because it's a lot of black people that are in elite spaces where it makes them want to look down upon other black people. Right? And sometimes some black people, they'll use other black people to get to where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And forget them when they get to where they want to go. So what I'm saying is, we got to remember each other. We got to lift as we climb. We got to help each other. And also, um, as you said, investing in each other isn't always transactional. I think the most powerful transactions come from relationships. and, I, and Social capital. Social capital. And one thing that I have, just like you said, that you started embracing your merchandise more, it's so random. But you know what, I'm, what I um, embrace more now? What's that? HBC, HR, HR professionals that graduated from HBCU because of the fact that they are the ones that will literally go through any resume, and if, as soon as they see an HBCU, they give them people opportunities. Mm-hmm. Man. And, and that's what students need. That's what black people need. We need opportunities from each other. We need to be able to pay each other. Yeah. We need to be able to see the good in each other. Yeah. We got to look deeper than the image. Right? Mm-hmm. It got to be a true investment in one another. Right. And speaking of investments, and again, I want to make sure our audience is connecting the dots because, again, you're my first non-Smith graduate. And it's not a problem, but I met you at Smith. I heard about HBC Pride Nation. I heard about Travis. And, boy, you was just being Travis. Then. And I was like, oh, who is this loud dude, like, <laughs> at this function? And then Did I come to, to you? 
I think it was just a mutual thing through Sabrina. Yeah. Because that's when Sabrina was in alumni relations. And shout out to her, man. That's a little sis, too. And she was, I was like, bro, who is this dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, no disrespect. Because you was just being you. And I was like, but I, I know he ain't go to Smith. Because, like, I just know. Like, you're not, he's not a golden bull. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And um, you was doing a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And panels and being a part of stuff. And again, you talked about Erica Hilton and Shakira Randolph and all those people earlier. But I need my audience to know that you have collaborated and you have done stuff multiple times on occasion beyond being a vendor at our homecoming. Mm -hmm. Like You do work with our, the local HBCU, which is our school, man. So shout mm -hmm. out to you. Thank you, man. You know man. what I'm saying? And I definitely want you to you know, keep coming back and doing more, man. But speaking of doing more and, and coming back, man. Let's just, let's say you know we're back to normal at some point in 2021. What does what do you, what does that look like for you and HBCU Pride Nation? We never going back to normal, big bro. The the new normal is gonna be created by us. Like when I said that we would sit down, it ain't nothing normal no more. Um, this is this is this is we in another lane now. Yeah, we in another lane. So when they say BC, <laughs> right? Yeah. Before what BM before March? Yeah. It's no longer. Yeah. It's no longer. Nope. That's that's gone. That's gone. That's the past is the past, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's gonna be hard for a lot of us to accept. And I say us because me included. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if we can see that things are working for our good, mm -hmm. no matter how bad it, it may be. Yeah. Right. You got um, George Floyd. You got. Uh, Black Lives Matter protests every week. Trump, I, uh, I don't like saying that man name. I uh, got him and all the stuff that he's doing. Yeah. There's so much chaos happening right yeah. now, right? But we always gotta, we always gotta remind ourselves that greater is coming, mm -hmm. right? And if we look at the good book, it was always chaos that brought greatness, right? Um, but what it looks like for me is me traveling again. Me, I said again, I'm talking about ain't nothing going back to normal. <laughs> uh, but me traveling, going back to these HBCUs, me having ambassadors on every campus, us really exceeding or, or excelling and producing this merchandise um, for these HBCUs. Us having our events again, us having, being able to give scholarships to students, developing directories that involve everybody from our HBCU and what we're doing. Because eventually I want HBCU Pride Nation to really, really if intentionally, intentionally and effectively be like a, 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 a online village. Yeah. That takes care of each other. And you've been you've been popping during COVID, man, with a lot of interviews and you know what I'm saying, a lot of that stuff, man. So you gotta get you on there, man. Yeah, man, you know, those yeah, we could do that. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah. Um my last question, um, Senator Harris. Like you got the photo of her on uh on Instagram, man. What what event was that? How did that come about? You know what I mean? That looked like a very good photo of you on her, man. So I was the social media manager for another HBC guard, James Mudgy Mitchell who graduated from Central. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Um, I love Eagles. But um, he sent me and the, the campaign team to the Kamala Harris event at Harvey B. Gantt Center. And you know Travis. You're going to you get what you... I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I, I, let me holler at you real quick. Let me, like... I, I, Kamala. Hey, girl. Like, All that. Yeah. Hey, come here real quick. Hold my hand. Let's, let's smile together. Like... And, and, and she probably cracked up. Mercy was, bro. Like, that's how I approach everybody, man. man that's dope, man. You know? That's dope. And um, I told them about what we're doing. And I really, I really, I, I love that woman, man. Yeah. Like, we don't necessarily have, like, a relationship, but I support her. And I believe that she is going to be the first black woman president. Okay. Uh, the United States of America. Say that, man. From 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 Georgia Avenue, Howard University. Yeah. Um, man, Travis. Before we get out of here, man, please shout the socials out. Please let them know how they can get in touch with you. How can they can get the merch? All that, man. Okay, so you can get the merchandise from www.hbcpride.shop.com. That's www.h 
bcupridesshop.com. You can follow me personally at I am Travis P. Jackson. And you can follow HBCU Pride Nation at HBCU Pride Nation. Let's get it, man. This is my another episode, man, of the Keep the Money on the Floor podcast. Man, Travis, I appreciate you coming on here, man. I love what you're doing. I tell you all the time, man, you have a huge platform, and I know with that comes a lot of responsibility. Yeah, and, um, boy. Now, that would have been the key. That would have been a dope question right there. What's that? What's the responsibility, boy? I mean, you, you got a couple seconds to answer it? Um, yeah. Go ahead. It's sometimes you'll be ready to quit, but you got to realize that it's bigger than you. Yeah. And, oh, much um, is given, much is required. And I want to just shout out my team, man. Uh, Ebony Funderburg, Akila, um, and and Promo Jones, who's also Desiree, Desiree Jones, for teaching me about systems and teaching me about processes and helping me take HBC Pridenage to another level. But then also I want to do a talk to entrepreneurs as well because a lot of times we overexert ourselves and end up burning out but Mm -hmm. I won't it's something that I live by big bro and I'm trying my best to really live by it whereas you can't be Superman and Superwoman to everyone and kryptonite to yourself Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we will be our own worst enemy we will be our own we will threaten ourselves we will be our own weakness but we're being a strength for everybody else. For sure. So that that amount of David Banner said it the best way. And I'm gonna end off of this. I asked David Banner, I said, How can I be a greater leader? He specifically said by not focusing on those that follow you. And I was lost when he said it. I was like, What? What do you mean? And he said, If I have five pieces of bread and I give if I have five pieces of bread and five people are hungry, and I give those people the bread, right? He has nothing to show for it. But if he works to build a, an abundance in a bakery for himself, when people come to him and they're hungry, he can give a wealth of everything that he has while still having abundance in the back. That was deep. That was deep, man. That yeah. was deep. Um, so keep I, the money on the floor. Keep the money on the floor, man. This has been another episode of the Keep the Money on the Floor podcast, man. Until next time, again, Travis, thank you for coming on the pod, man. And, um, I look forward to seeing what you and the brand and the movement and, uh, you know, with the Power Podcast Network, y'all got some stuff in the works, man. Yes, I look, sir. I look forward yes, to that, sir. man. Thank you, my brother. Give you your flowers you while you're here, man. Appreciate Thank you, brother. Man. I appreciate you All too, right, bit, bro. another episode. Until next time, we out. Yep.